Um, okay, so first off, one, thank you so much for letting me be here. I am just so excited and thrilled to be able um, to be with you all. But as I was praying today and as I was just like asking the Lord, like, hey, Lord, what do you have? The first thing that I thought of is I just felt like we all needed to just appreciate somebody in this room and that somebody is Evan Cook because he has one of the most incredible father's hearts for this ministry. And he's here every Tuesday night and he goes out of his way to prepare a place for for you guys to feel welcome and to feel comforted. And so will you please just give Evan a round of applause for being a good guy? Yeah, just thank you, just thank you. Wow, wow. Okay, so a couple of things before we just get jumping in. Um, Hello, my name is Amy. I am Evan's assistant. I love my job. It's so fun. Yes, um, coffee is my best friend. Um, But I think also at the same time right now, I'm a little bit loopy because I just came back from California, um, which was amazing and wonderful. And I'm pretty darn sure the sunshine came because I'm the one who brought it with me. So you're welcome. You can tell me, thank you later. Um, And I just was thinking through it. I I went to a, a conference at Bethel Church in Redding, California. And, you know, I, I just, I'm so distracted by Jesus right now. Like, I'm just so wildly distracted by how much Jesus loves me, by how much he has in store for his people, for how much he, he um, goes out of his way to make us feel loved and seen and known, and that he paid, he paid a price that, that I couldn't even have begun to, to pay. And all day long, I mean, if anybody's been in love in here, this is kind of how I feel right now, where I'm just kind of like distracted and like, what? Yeah, uh-huh. Sure, no problem. That's how I feel about Jesus right now. Like I am just so wildly passionate about what he's doing and the works that he's doing in this city and, and just how he, he longs to speak to us. And so if I seem a little bit loopy, it's just because I'm high on the most high. I know that was a terrible joke. It's fine about it. Don't, you can laugh. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so before we jump in, I just would love to pray. And I would love to pray because I, I just, yeah, I just wanna be close to Jesus. So would you guys join me? All right. Oh, man. Wow. Father, we are just enthralled with your beauty. And I'm grateful that you have captivated me so deeply. Um, and Father, thank you for, for this, this place up on the stage. And that this, this stage is not so much a place of, of performance or, or things that, that I need to try and do to earn people's approval. No, Lord, it's a place of sacrifice. It's an altar for you. And so, God, all I ask is that I would just be an empty vessel, that you would speak your words through me, and that you would just impress upon the hearts of the people in this audience. God, you're good, and you do good, and I'm so grateful. Thanks, Lord. Amen. Amen. So um, over the last few weeks, from what I know of, Evan has been talking through a series called Fruits, and this is a series based on um, the fruits of the Spirit. And last time, I believe he talked through patience and, and um, just what, kind of what that looks like and what it means for us. And so, um, yeah, this week we're going to be jumping into um, kindness and goodness, kindness and goodness. And so what I wanted to do was just jump right into Galatians 5, and I might bounce around a little bit, but um, the truth is, if we want to know where we're going, we got to know where we're coming from. If we want to know where we're going, we got to know where we're coming from. And so I'm going to start off with um, verse 1 in Galatians 5, and it says this, let me be clear, the anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. 
whew. I don't know why, but like when I was reading this verse earlier, it just made me think about like the, the, the opening credits of a movie, you know, where, where you're just like, ooh, this is gonna be so good. Ooh, wow. I, I don't know why, but that's just like, that, that's what this verse made me think of as I was going, wow, Lord, like there's so much coming for us, a foreshadowing of the hope and glory that you have in store for us. And, and, and that hope and that glory is, is in him. And then that, that thing that we get on the other side is that freedom, a deep, abundant, true freedom. And, and I love that perspective that we have been set free free from bondage, free from slavery, free from anxiety, from depression, from, from all of the fears that could ever come up against us, from sickness, from illness, from worry, from injustice, from lies. We are free and free indeed. And this beginning part of Galatians just sets the stage perfectly. In verse 13, it says, Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit, but don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. That might sound a little kooky. Natural realm just means the world. (laughs) Um, This is the Passion Translation, so it's a little bit intense. Um, Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another expressing love in all we do. As I was thinking through this earlier, I just wanted to sit in that. Going, wow, how much of our daily lives is so solely focused on what we're doing? Self-indulgence, except now we don't have to walk out, we don't have to continue in this, in this pattern any longer. We get to walk out in freedom, especially from the things that have held us down. And we get to express a love in all that we do. A love that in all that we do. This is that freedom. And so looking at this from the perspective of freedom, going straight into the fruits of the Spirit, in verse 22 through 23, it says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, praise that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, that's goodness, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of freedom. Or sorry, strength of spirit. I just thought the name. Strength of spirit. These eight things are incredibly powerful. And in order to know how to use our freedom and to walk out the life that we've been meant to walk out, we have to know what we're looking for. And that's where the fruits of the spirit come in. I just love how, how each of the things in this specific passion translation, it talks through how there's an action assigned with every fruit. And so it's easier for us to be able to pay attention to what we're doing because the truth is we need the fruits in order to continue walking out the freedom that has been given to us. So thinking through what is the importance of kindness and goodness, kindness and goodness, In the Webster's Dictionary, it describes kindness as the state of being kind, gentle, affectionate, loving, or favor-filled. And it describes goodness as a favorable character or tendency, bountiful, handsome, attractive, suitable, 
free from injury or disease, that can be relied on, profitable, pleasant, right, loyal, close, and praiseworthy. Now, all of those things sound amazing. Am I right? Say, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, is, it is a beautiful thing to be able to look at these words and go, okay, we're kind of familiar with them in a, to a certain degree. You know, kindness, like, does anybody really like know that ridiculously kind person that is just like goes above and beyond and you're like, hi, love that you're so nice, but could one, could you leave some room for other people to be nice too? Because you're making me look bad. We gotta, we gotta stop that. Like, I understand what kindness looks like. But then there's also um, goodness, which is, can also sound like Chick-fil-A, which is so true. Oh, my gosh. Come on, guys. Come on. Chick-fil-A. I just got to go to Chick-fil-A in Sacramento. I will gloat about that one. I'm sorry, but I will gloat about that one. Mm, there's just nothing better. There's, you know what? You know the Lord is good when you've got an eight-piece chicken nugget in front of you and that Chick-fil-A sauce. Mm, mm, mm. That is what is so good. Goodness. But, you know, as I was thinking through this and just processing and asking the Lord, what, what is it about kindness and goodness that makes me feel kind of unstable? Because the truth is, if I'm going to look at kindness and goodness, the perspective that I have on it is jaded a little bit because of the things that I've experienced in the, in the past, because of the world that we live in, because of the sickness and the hurts and the disappointments. For example, you, you all know, like, remember back in kindergarten where you were just friends and it was really easy to just make friends with somebody? And you're like, you want to be friends? Great, good, yeah, awesome. We're best friends now, congratulations us. And, you know, like a boy would come up to you and be like, you know, well, to me, you know, a girl to somebody else, and they would give you a candy bar. And you didn't think, wow, they're going to marry me. This is good. Hey. Like, it was just simple. It was a simpler time. It was so sweet. Now... Now, if a boy came up to me and was just like, I got you this candy bar, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, one first question, are you trying to marry me? And second question, who are you? Why are you here? And then I, I think that's a pretty good accurate description of, okay, it's easy for us to be a little bit suspicious of, okay, why are you being kind? What, what, is, what is actually going on behind that? And I... Just as I, was, as I was processing through this, I realized that I have grown so accustomed, accustomed to pain, accustomed to hurt, accustomed to guilt, to shame, to condemnation, to disappointments, that it begins to twist other places in my life. It begins to twist other perspectives of how I should treat other people. And then my kindness, my goodness, the things that I could do, all of a sudden becomes this manipulative thing. It's more used as a way to get what I want instead of out of just the kindness and the goodness of my heart. And what I realized is that it's very easy for me to look at God through this broken lens to look at his heart and not fully understand or realize that, okay, maybe he's kind, maybe he's good, but I don't, I don't fully understand that. I cannot comprehend that. So if we want the freedom that is promised, if, there's, if we're gonna walk out our freedom that is promised in following Jesus, how are we going to get there? 
How are we going to break out of these, of these broken perspectives and begin running the race that we're meant to run with endurance? And that is where the fruit of kindness comes in. It has a great purpose. And it's to point us in the direction of God's heart towards us. That's what kindness is all about. In Romans 2, verses 4 through 5, it says, Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you to repentance? But because of your calloused heart and refusal to change direction, you are piling up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. There are three things that strike me specifically about kindness. The first one is that kindness always makes me feel loved, seen, and wanted. And it gives me the ability to be my truest self with abundant joy and love. That is what kindness does for me. The second thing is that kindness always makes me take a look at what I'm doing. So that kindness that I experience from other people, that, that kindness that, that is available to me, I'm now taking a minute and going, wow, they were so kind. That doesn't sound familiar for my own heart. That doesn't sound familiar for my own life. And it makes me take an honest look, not some shallow look at myself. It's not in comparison. It's out of maybe I'm missing something. And the third thing is that kindness always leads me to do something about it. See, this verse in Romans is outlining kindness perfectly. So just this week, I, um, being in California and all this kind of stuff, I, um, I'm in back-to-back weddings starting this Saturday, and then I have another one next Friday. And I have been stressed out of my mind about money. And about, you know, my weddings are expensive, guys. Like, there's a lot of parties and gifts involved. This is ridiculous. I mean, I'm glad people are getting married, but geez. And I have just been, like, praying and and going, okay, Lord, like, I'm about to go to California. Like, I I have a certain amount of, like, things, like, set aside. I have money, like, all this kind of stuff. But, But what if I don't have enough? What if I don't have enough? And in my prayers, the Lord heard me because I had a friend who went out of their way and gave me $500 to pay for the ticket to the conference and my flights, and then right before I left, literally the day before I left, I had another friend who gave me $300 to pay for things. And then when I was on the trip, already I'm not paying anything out of my own pocket. When I was on the trip, there was two women who were with me and they paid for the Airbnb and the rental car. So I got out of that trip completely like scot-free. It was amazing. And the craziness of that, and I think that this is mirrored very beautifully in this, this scripture in Romans, like just, just how, how we have a kindness that's offered to us. And if I had looked at these people and said, no, 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 keep your money, keep your money. Like I can take care of it, don't. Like, no, I'm good enough for myself, don't worry about it. How much of a rift would that have caused with this person? How much would I have missed out on accepting their gift And how much would they have missed out on it too? And it's the same way with with God. 
He is abundant in kindness, and it's not to lead us to a place of shame. It's to lead us to a place of wholeness. His kindness leads us to a place of surrender, and surrender is a beautiful place for our hearts to finally be at because we're not trying to pursue our own ideas of doing something. See, kindness is that thing that gets me out of my own way of doing things, and it brings me back and restores me to the heart of the Father. It restores me to the heart of the Father. You know, in all of our hearts, I think we can confidently say that there is some dark, sticky parts of our hearts. There are some things that we do not want anybody else to know about. That we don't want them to, to um, help us through. That we don't want to be seen as weak. We don't want to be seen as, you know, those Christians that are phonies. We don't want to, we don't want to have to, you know, be honest and vulnerable and, and have a question in our minds of what if we're not accepted? What if we're not fully, completely loved? And try as we might, we cannot hide from those places in our hearts. We cannot try and say, I'm, I can save myself. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And that's where the heart of Jesus, that's where the heart of God comes in. Is he's not on the other side of our sin, of those dark places in our hearts going, okay, can you figure out your crap for me? Thank you so much. That's not who he is. He's going, all you gotta do is just turn around. His kindness leads us to repentance. Now, repentance is literally, it's a, it's a word that means you're going one way and then you decide to turn, do an about face, pull a 180 and go the other way. That is what repentance is. And so for our hearts, in order to gain access to this freedom, we have to understand that the tone of voice that our Father speaks to us in is always kindness. One of my favorite, favorite things that I heard, especially at this conference, is um, they said that, that the voice of God will always um, sound like the fruits of the Spirit. It will always have that tone of voice. It will not be shame-filled. It will not be arrogant. It will not be condemning. It will not be guilt-filled. It will have a tone of voice that is filled with love and joy and peace. You know, it's, it's a true thing that the deepest parts of our hearts and our souls long to be reconnected with our creator. It is a, it is a deep, deep place, and we just long to be have something more in store for us than what we have right now. So kindness leads us to do something about it. God's kindness leads us to do something about it, and then our kindness mutually does the same thing. And that's where goodness comes in. That's where goodness comes in. So goodness is character. Kindness is action. Goodness is character. In Psalm 34, 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. He's not messing around. In Ephesians 2, verses four through seven, it says, but God still loved us with such great love 
He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our, our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful, whoop, wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. See, goodness comes after, goodness comes after kindness because we need that reassurance. It goes kindness and then it goes goodness. We need that reassurance that God's gonna be on the other side of when we come through a very hard battle of repentance. And so he says, come to me, come to me, please return. Let my kindness lead you to repentance. And then when you decide, okay, okay, Lord, here I am, all of me, take me as I am. His character shines through. His character shines through and he, he reveals his, his deep, deep love for us and going, I got you. I'm all about you. I love you. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Kindness is action. Goodness is character. You know, I think it's uh, a true statement that so much of our lives is lived based off of what we've experienced. So much of our lives is lived off of, based off of what we've experienced. And often our experience is not a good one. Often our experience is hurt. And it's, or not a good dad, not a good mom. No mom or dad, not good friends. It's time for us to realize and to see that God's heart is one of compassion and mercy and hope and freedom. The heart of God towards us is, is abundant grace and truth and that he has good plans in store for us. And so I believe tonight, um, I feel like there's some places in our hearts that God's kind of wanting to have a conversation with us about. And not out of condemnation, not out of fear, but out of, hey, will you just come here with me? Can we just talk through this? Will you just hear my heart towards you? And it is always love. It is always peace. And the truth is, is that all he longs to give you is wild, abundant freedom. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life where you are right now and then where you're gonna be in five years, where you're gonna be in 10 years, when, you're, when you have kids, when you're married, when you have all of these things, God has a big abundant purpose for your life and he has a call on that because there are other people just like you. There are other people just like you who have lived underneath similar circumstances and it's time for us to rise up where we are and where we're going to be because there are good things in store for us. There are people who need us. And so kindness and goodness, when we know the heart of the Father has these two words that go hand in hand, that kindness leads us to do something and goodness leads us to be consistent in it. We're able to 
do abundantly more than we could have ever wanted or hoped. Will you pray with me? Hmm. Hmm. Father God, I just am I'm in so in awe. I'm in awe of how you work and how you speak and how you move. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that your heart is one of kindness and compassion towards me. That you always, always speak to me in a, in a tone that is loving and kind and patient and gentle and filled with joy as well. Even about the most serious places in my heart. So Father, tonight, I, I just ask that you would be so present. Yes, Jesus, that you would be so present with these people. And Father, that, that you would just touch on those specific pieces in their hearts that they need to bring in full surrender to you, that we'd be able to lay them down, come back to you wholeheartedly and run as fast and as hard as they can after the calling and the destiny that you have on their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, um, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jake, in the back. <laughs> um, I just wanted to create space that if there's something that you just are being stirred up about or you need prayer or you just want to get some stuff off your chest or whatever, um, I'm going to be up here just kind of waiting if there's somebody who, anybody who needs prayer or a hug or whatever. And um, there will be a couple other leaders too. But otherwise, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Thank you for letting me be here tonight. Have an awesome, awesome night. See you guys. <laughs>